you so much for listening to episode 30 of the Arizona Movie Club. My name is Tyler. I'm your host. We're back, baby. I am so sorry for the hiatus. It's been a while, but guess what? It feels damn good to get in front of this microphone. We're the Arizona Movie Club. Again, I am your host. Joining me, as always, will be my co-host, Andy. What's going on? Hi there. And Romeo, if you're listening, he's not here. Everybody boo and shame that, man. <laughs> that Eddie Murphy gift. Boo this man! <laughs> so, for personal reasons, yeah, we, we could not record there for a little bit. I do apologize for that. Uh, I was also slacking with editing, but Hustlers is up. Hustlers is there. It's a good episode. It's funny. It's breezy. It's the perfect intro pack for now that we're going to be getting on a regular schedule. So this week's still going to be a little uh, fucky, but we're going to be back to Wednesdays and Saturdays going forward. And we also have another curveball here. We're not talking about Slow West because I could not find it on Netflix. It, it got pulled from me in the last minute. But we did watch First Cow, which we was actually going to be on our third episode until COVID happened, movie theaters were taken from us. So that's what you're going to be listening. That's going to be the next episode up in the feed. Should be available like Saturday, Sunday. We will still do Slow West at some point. At some point, I'm sure. And right now, the episode you're listening to, of course, is Thor Ragnarok. Got some fun things to say about that. Probably going to be another breezy episode, hopefully. And coming next week, I wouldn't say breezy, but too... Well, I know it's pretty damn breezy. We got two fun Marvel movies. These are, these are fun ones, yeah. But very distinct, different from different eras. We're doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Arguably, it's up there. It's my top three. I've established this on the lore of this podcast. Uh, I've never seen it. Uh, it's my top three Marvel films, or superhero films. Not overall, but it's probably in my top 15, maybe, ever. Okay. Um, I really enjoy it, of course. Uh, spoiler alert, it's going to be very high. And then we're talking about Blade, which I have never seen... Andy has seen I it. I love Blade. I actually saw two, Trinity, and I, I think there was even like a fourth one. Yeah, for, for new listeners, I'm normally the comic book person here. Blade is the rare exception where because it was R, I was born in 93. Like, my parents weren't the kind of parents that usually let me see R-rated films. So despite my love of superhero films, it's one of those few gaps. So I'm excited to be able to fill that in. If it is your first time because this is a Marvel movie, thank you. Welcome. We welcome you with open arms. If you like the superhero podcast, we've got a Logan one up. I personally a lot of superhero movies coming your way. Yeah, that I because it's the summer of sizzle, which July's been a real train wreck. Uh, but it's back up and going. We're gonna finish with a bang in August. Just a spoiler uh, or a hint: we may be having some Mad Max, potentially Mandy. We don't know something. We're gonna break our rules for our for the birthday special, which is coming the week of August fourteenth. Uh, my birthday is the thirteenth. And Andy did not get a birthday episode because he didn't tell me. Um, but if you are first time again, thank you for listening. And our rules, because I did just mention that, I should probably explain, is that one of us has to have never seen the film. Now we, I mean, we're playing it fast and loose on this podcast. We're going to break it specifically for that one special episode. But in this episode, of course, I've seen Thor Ragnarok. Andy has not. And so without, also, <laughs> before I transition into talking about that real quick, if you have any suggestions going forward, we do have an email at azmovieclub at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook, Instagram, and a Twitter run by myself. And, I mean, you can find probably other ways to get a hold of us. I don't know. But any feedback, uh, if you like the episodes at all, anything at all, we're willing to read out your listener mail. Um, if you just comment, even if it's mean, I've given the rule. I'll read out one mean-ass email just out loud on the podcast. Plus, another little fun tidbit, if we get a million listens on an episode ever, I will get 
the tattoo for this podcast. I thought it was between all episodes. Oh, yeah, I think it was. You know, I'll be so excited if we get a million between all of them. You'll just get it anyway. I'll get it anyways. Um, So I think that, oh, and hopefully, so this is part of August or July being a little weird. Hopefully nothing has changed. But we should be doing a special guest episode with Maeve Higgins of Extraordinary, the very first film we ever covered. And she's going to be interviewing us, hopefully. She said August. We have not pinned down a date. That's something we're going to be doing here soon. We will Extraordinary. Yeah, we will review it. Our first episode's not our best, but uh, it's got a decent amount of listens. We appreciate that. Thank you all for getting us over the 2,000 hump. Hopefully soon we can get over the 2,500 and 3,000, and let's just keep going, guys. Spread word of mouth really helps. We appreciate it. Also, shout out, we've got two Irish listeners now as well. Oh. Yeah. So we've got the UK, Portugal, I forget the other country, I'm so sorry, and... The Philippines. We had people in the Philippines. Was that the... No, I thought it was something else. Montenegro. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we had eight Montenegro listeners. And then two in Ireland. Shout out to all you guys. Everyone special that listens to us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Every city. But it's just always special to see new countries pop up. I didn't think people in Ireland would ever listen to me. And here we are. Two of you weirdos did it. I know it's been a mouth... It was Tokyo (laughs) Drift, wasn't it? That got the Irish people on board. You know, it doesn't... It did the way it matches up. It doesn't tell you. But it's, I would love to know. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was like under the skin because I don't know. We talked about that's true. How that was shot in that, that was Scotland. Scotland. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> here I am stereotyping. They hate me already. I'm so <laughs> sorry. That's not that's not uh, how we normally roll here. But for lack of a better transition, we're talking about Thor Ragnarok. For the uninitiated, for those that do not watch a lot of Marvel films, this is. I don't want to say as good as it gets, but this is one of the better films. Uh, a lot of people would argue if you want more weight, there are some more dramatic offerings, certainly longer offerings. This one, breezy for a Marvel film, two it, hours it, and it, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. It pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, it, it, Before, you're like, there wasn't a ton, I would say, you need to cut from this film. Directed by Taika Waititi, it famously took a Thor franchise that was considered the weaker of all of Marvel's lineup and really reinvigorated that using things and themes that we don't often see associated with comic books. Hard to uh, approach themes. And I think the fact that it's a comic book movie and you can do so in a subtle way, and it's weird to say subtle for a comic book movie, but we get mostly comic book beats, but the story, Taika definitely makes sure to throw those themes in there. Like they're there, but it's not everything the film's about. It's not perfect. There's, spoiler alert, but there's some bad CGI in this bad boy. I would say noticeably worse than Logan, which we talked about, like, uh, CGI-wise. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with Just that. Just because Logan kept it minimalist with the, the CGI. Like, well, yeah, before we get too far into, like, Logan, I, I guess, will be probably the, the great comparison just because it's fresh in my mind, too, and it's one of the, you know, few that I've, I've seen now. And I, and I rated Logan really high because I really liked it. Yeah. This one felt like the whole movie was just shot in a green screen prison. Like, it was just like, I, I was trying to think of, like, I was asking, talking with Emily because she watched it with me, and I was asking, like, I wonder if it's fun to make these movies for somebody like Chris Hemsworth. And, and I don't want to come off like a hater, but, but here where I'm coming with, like, it's not necessarily, like, acting what you think you would go to school for acting for. Like, you want to be face-to-face, like, acting, like, moving, you know, uh, kind of bouncing off each other. On this one, it seems like every direction would be, like, you know, he's, he's like, 
probably dehydrated for like two or three days to be as shredded as he is like in most of these scenes, like even if nothing else, just his arms anyway. And it's just like, okay, you're on like a green screen island. Your father just like turned into pollen and like whisked away into the air and action. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that it's... must have been so, so difficult, but maybe a testament to how good Chris Hemsworth is. I, I don't know. Yes. So first of all, the green screen comment, Welcome to Marvel superhero but, films, yeah, I guess I but also yeah. welcome to su a lot of super. I'm not going to say all, but a lot of superhero films, which is what why Logan is cool. It doesn't completely feel green screen. There are definitely moments you notice it, sure. of course, but yet not as overt. That is definitely an isolated film, which is this is more of this is some of the best of the integrated stuff where you you did whenever we talked about this off off mic. Talk about how you felt like you missed a lot of things going on, and you needed to know you oh, felt like out of the loop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan did like a pretty great job, except for like why were they in that shipping container? But that, that's fine, and it even explains that. But Thor, there was a ton of stuff, and it was like kind of we're catching all of the the cast of characters from the first one that we all assumedly love, like Carl Urban and stuff like that. Like love Carl Urban. He's not. He's not from the previous. One. And well, that, that makes me even more confused. Like, he's just introduced with, like, a shake weight and, like, dual M16s. It's just like, what are these things doing in this world? I, I was so confused. I thought it was real unfriendly for, like, a... Hey, I didn't see the first one. I'm just going to go and check out this movie. This is, ironically enough, for how deep into the Marvel Cinematic Universe it is, I think it's one of the better solo films you can watch. Because of the comic relief, usually... For the most part, this film didn't seem like it's... And I was really paying attention to some of the jokes. wasn't a lot of referential Easter eggs. Whereas a lot of Marvel films, the comic relief will go from come from, oh, ha, 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 I remember that. Whereas this one is just really solid type jokes. Things that were actually... For, to yeah. me, that were really funny. Yeah, anything that... Yeah, Ty, anytime Taika Waititi was either the Korg, or he was even like that three-headed version. That was him. Oh, was it? And that was his face. Yeah, like that. I can't remember the name. I don't think that monster even got named, but the one that has like either bald and there's three heads and then eventually dies, I think. Yeah, that was him, I think. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taika, man of many talents. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was, uh, wore a lot of hats in this one. He, <laughs> he is Korg in this film, and Korg is the MVP. I'm just going to say this right now. He's the MVP of this film. Despite having Chris Evans being very, or not Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth being very good. Yeah, I did. It's funny you mentioned that because there were definitely moments where I thought Anthony Hopkins has to just sitting there being going, what the fuck kind of direction is this? Well, yeah, like, he must have just been, like, how did they talk Anthony Hopkins into doing this? I mean, like, it's obviously a huge budget. Like, I don't know who directed the first one. Like, maybe it must have seemed like a hit, but he just seems so out of place in this so, movie. The first Thor was the, uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. The actor? No, the director. Oh, okay. Um, well, I, 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 maybe I, mean, I butchered his last name. Okay. But he he also recently did the Artemis Fowl film, which is supposed to be trash. Okay, I'm, I definitely am not thinking, no, he's, I'm thinking of Kenneth Branagh. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe that's spelled the same. Maybe he's an okay. actor too. And I don't even know who the second one is directed by. It's not like I said. It was not their prized pony. Oh, so a, I thought so there was a second Thor. Yes, it is good. not good. It oh, is. So this wild. is the third. Shame on me. Yeah, you're a diehard Thor fan. The, the running joke almost at this point is that I don't watch a lot of superhero movies, but that's what the summer of sizzle is for. Yes, and we are these. We are also, when we eventually open a Patreon, 
not against a tier where you just we force Andy to watch every single Marvel film. I mean, at the summer of Sizzle goes much longer. <laughs> and this is Arizona, it's like a hundred and fifty hours. Our summer is gonna go. We could arguably have the summer sizzle in October yes, here in Arizona. But yeah, these there's so many Marvel films, it's insane. I you know, I'm sure if this attracts enough people and for whatever reason goes viral, I will have people coming at me for like, oh, this is the best, yes. that's the best. Everyone has their own opinion on these things. There's so many, goddamn many of them. I mean, to me, like if you're asking me, it would be Guardians is the best solo slice outside of watching maybe Iron Man 1, which starts it all. Okay. But especially talking about where you drop, where Guardians of the Galaxy is in just like the overall timeline. It's very much in the middle where with lots of shit going on and is still pretty self-contained for the okay. most part. There's a little bit of comic book dork shit going on, you know, where it's like, oh... And I say that endearingly, like comic book, just movies in general are not always great, but I like them. I'm here for it no matter what. Yeah. Even if I hate Blade, like I'm excited to watch Blade and I've heard I mean, it's am, pretty good. I'm so if you like it, because the action and choreography is pretty cool from what I remember. It's Guillermo del Toro, right? Or del Toro, right? I don't think so. I feel like someone good director, maybe he did too. Maybe. Maybe. We don't have Romeo here to pull yeah, up shit yeah. for us, and I don't want to ruin the pacing. And I think Blade came out in, like, 97 or 98. Yeah, it's around that. I, yeah. I want to say 98 sounds about right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this this film is one of the better ones in the Marvel cinema, or Cinematic Universe. I did think it was pretty cool. Like, So I, I gather just from them doing, like, the play of Loki dying, like, at the beginning of this one, like, yes. okay, so that must have been the events of the first or second movie. Second one, yes. I just thought it was great. Like, what an odd use of, like, Matt Damon. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like, Matt Damon. And then did you spot who was Anthony Hopkins? Like, uh, I already forgot his name. Odin? What's his name? No. It, oh, in the play? Or, or what's Anthony Hopkins? He's Odin, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Did you see who the alternate Odin was? No. It was Sam Neill, who was oh, Mr. In a, Event Horizon himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I did not catch that. Yeah, so I was like, oh, cool. Sam Neill's getting some, some cool work. I mean, Mr. Mr. Thor Ragnarok. He probably did not get paid shit for this film. So that Screen Actors Guild minimum. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, this. Uh, I would also say before, because this isn't like the over. This is not a podcast about every single Marvel film. We're just talking about Thor Ragnarok. But I will say, Guardians, despite having a lot of green screens, does have more noticeable built sets. Okay. Like, you, there's definitely scenes where you go, somebody built the set, and I just. And there's not a lot of those in this film outside yeah. of like the Earth stuff when they're in. And even then, in Doctor Strange's like uh, mansion or whatever, you know, in New York, that may or I, I don't know if it's technically man, whatever it is, that house that may even be CGI. That one's a little harder to tell. There's definitely real stuff in there, but yeah. is it is it actually like just a built set, a real place, or did they just throw in props on a green screen? I, yeah, I don't know. They're moving from place to place so quick too. It's tough. To, yeah, <laughs> tough to tell. But Taika keeps it breezy, I think. So if you've never seen this film, <laughs> there's a lot of backstory lore. But really what you need to know is the first two Thor films suck. This film kind of writes it by giving Thor a character arc slash change. He is kind of a bratty, uh, for lack of a better word, just son who's unworthy to the heir. Yeah, yeah a, a diva is a good way to put it in the first one. He changes by the end of that, but is still... He, he's reluctant to take the throne because he just doesn't believe necessarily 
in the throne. Like, even yet, like, like I thought that makes sense what you're saying, because even like when he's fighting like Sirt, the like fighter demon at the beginning, like he just seems like he's bothered and inconvenienced by it. Like, I just need to quick get through this so I can go on about my day. He's I, he was something like there was so smug about him. <laughs> it's like, hey, come on, man, you're fighting a fire <laughs> demon. Like, like pay attention. That's, I mean, to be fair, that's a lot of the Avengers. That is a lot of the Marvel. Like, oh, okay. like Captain America serious. Uh, Bruce Banner's kind of serious, although this changes that. Mm-hmm. The Hulk and Bruce Banner are definitely very, a lot more funny in this film. Yeah, I'm trying to think of many, oh, Black Panther serious. That's... Oh, okay. There's not a lot of, like, really serious. It's Spider-Man banter, Iron Man banter, Guardians of the Galaxy banter, Ant-Man constant banter. Like, a lot of these, they're just, like, cool guys oh, hanging sassy. out, being superheroes. Yeah, yeah, sassy. But I Thor's not serious by the end of the film. Yeah, it's basically, if you've never seen it, it's Thor gets kind of serious yeah. while also learning about dramatic, horrible past of Asgard. Uh, he essentially comes back home after, you know, the events of, he's been having flashbacks of his world ending, gets trapped up by this demon, kills the demon, the demon explains how this is Ragnarok, like how he creates the end of their world, their end times, Ragnarok, and Thor's like, well, I won't let that happen, beats his ass, and then... Uh, there's some very funny dialogue, as as Andy mentioned, and then essentially goes on a lookout for his dad when he finds out Loki's not dead. He's just pretending to be his dad. Finds his dad. His dad's like, "I'm gonna die." Anthony Hopkins just staring into a green screen, and his sister Hella, who has been locked away, they never really explain how she got out. They sure don't. It, the quote I wrote down because I was so upset. She draws her strength from Asgard. She's presumably imprisoned in Asgard, like or or wherever. Or away from Asgard. Away from yeah. Asgard. So how is she getting power? Exactly. How did she escape? And then to the point where, and again, I know these little things have to happen to get the the movie going. Like, I understand it's a superhero movie. But then later, once she is out, and there's like this all-powerful sword or something that she gets her hands on, and she's like an all-knowing, all-powerful being. It's the Eternal Flame, actually, is when she gets that. Which is basically like, they're burning whatever, the the powers... Okay, but there was, like, some sort of a sacred sword, right? Like, in that, like, kind of like... The bif- a, so the Bifrost sword is what allows them to travel worlds. So she's trying to conquer more, so, more realms. So I guess what I'm saying is that, that, that that exists, she's in control of it at this point in the movie, and then it's just stolen from her? Like, we have security cameras now well, that, like, make that imp- improbable. Like, well, if she just gets tricked, I don't know. That's also part of the ineptitude of uh, Scourge being in, in charge of the Bifrost sword. And we see that... What's his name? Uh, That's Carl Urban, right? Yeah. Okay. And Idris Elba's character. Yeah, people are gonna be mad that I'm forgetting his name. Also, like, yeah, Heimdall. Heimdall. He was really cool. I liked him when we saw him on screen, but also like really unkind to anybody who was not familiar with Heimdall. Like, it's very unceremonious. Yeah, they expect you to know him. You're just supposed to know him. He's got like dreads and like orange eyes. It's like, okay, what's up with this guy? He looks really cool. He almost kind of like reminded me like Geralt or something like that from The Witcher. And then he gives Chris Hemsworth, like, orange eyes, and then they're, like, on this enlightened plane of talking, and I'm like, where is, where are we now? We're, like, two, or almost two hours into this movie, and, like, all of a sudden, so, they're, like, on some spirit plane. <laughs> like, this hasn't happened in the whole movie. So, the, hearing the way you talk about it, though, and knowing how much you like trashy video game lore sometimes... I kind of think you might be in if you just watched all of them. I'm sure. You're probably you're probably 100% right, because at least I know what's going on. Like, this one, but that's why I kind of liked Logan as much. I didn't need any of that stuff. It's very much just, boom, we're went, and having fun. This one, I'm so distracted. You want the lazy knowing. You want the lazy viewer's experience? You don't want to have to put in the work? I mean, yeah, I guess I... 
inherently we are dying. We're starting with the third of a trilogy of Thor. Yeah. So I, that's a common or, or I guess an, an obvious gripe I'm going to have with it. <laughs> I, I, I guess I was just hoping it would be more like Logan where I'm just hit the ground running and I'm able. There's not a lot of those, is, I guess what I can say Maybe, about yeah, yeah, superhero yeah. films. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, essentially, yeah, Hela, which is Thor's sister, who's been in prison. We don't know really how she got out. Just like a quick scene. What was that left on the editing room floor? Like, do something. Half like, of their movies are two and a half hours. Like, yeah. was it too big of an ask to get a, a minute scene, even if it's one of those slow mo ones where she's just throwing like, fucking swords at the guard? Just show something like outsmarting a guard and taking some like ghost keys or some <laughs> shit. Like, I'd be fine with that, but it's just like, oh, she got out, and then the movie's just going. Also, like. Like, don't get me wrong, Kate Blanchett was cool as a villain. Like, she looked good in her costume and everything. But it, it was almost kind of like making an evil sibling that wears, like, black and green and has all these powers. Like, isn't that what they already did with Loki? And now it's just, like, make another sibling. <laughs> yeah, but Loki's not serious. He's that trickster. Just side note. I guess it was He's my notes. Evil. I thought Honestly. Was, I thought, wasn't he tr- He's trying to destroy stuff, though, right? Like, yes and no. He's... An anti-hero, some people okay. will call him a villain. Honestly, hot take: Loki fucking sucks. Not not Tom Hiddleston. Great job as Loki. Yeah, I feel like people that love Loki are fangirls who think he's attractive. No problem with that at all. That's not my character's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I just have in this one, he seemed like he was just getting in the way of stuff. And that's I, me characters, characters whose sole existence is isn't it cute how I go from one side to the other? Fucking <laughs> irritates like me, a man. Agent or like a- Triple, quadruple it's, agent, like, back and forth. I just want to tell whoever's writing it, no, it's not cute that you're switching sides like this. It's annoying. And it's not a dramatic turn the way Marvel sometimes thinks it is, where Loki's redeemed from. We know he's going to do some a-hole shit ten minutes later. I just, it's dumb to me. And Kim and Thor do have some, some good banter, good comic relief. But just I'm as a I'm getting more used to these tricks and as a like that, yeah. character, I do not care for it. I can I can see that. Yeah, just uh, he's overrated, and I don't have a problem with all antiheroes because a lot of times there's like a moral code that makes what they're doing ambiguous, whether it's good or bad. Sometimes it's like Deadpool is a different story because Deadpool has no like code, and he's also never really levying for power and harming someone in the way that trying to take over the world it's all it's low keys or not to <laughs> not to make that fun i was seriously not intended but yeah that's when it's on a smaller scale it, it's funny and it doesn't bother me but when loki's over here trying to mess up just everything that's going on it's just irritating that's that's my low-key rant my hot take when it happens especially a couple times during the movie yeah. i love most marvel characters so come at me internet if you're that mad about the loki and nothing against tom hiddleston nothing wrong with just going I like the the actor that plays this role is attractive. I like I gravitate towards that. But don't pretend like it's like he's a weird fan base. There's a Marvel show. I'm not watching that show. I, I'm not watching a Loki show. Oh, there is. It's coming out. It's been delayed because of COVID, oh, is, yeah. and it has made it harder. To obviously, you know, film on set and everything. Plus, I'm sure just sending those files via you know online is not as fast as. Just being shoved into a giant and studio and everybody making like that out. Movie that probably could get made remotely from everybody's <laughs> home. Everybody's home. Just like mail each actor a green screen. It's, like, it's a Marvel film. It's a Marvel yeah. film. You could do. You could make one. Some of them have really intricate green screen dioramas built. Though oh, I, yeah. not all of them. 
but for Endgame specifically, watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I didn't watch a ton of it, but you can see how they just... It's weird. They built, yeah, every these giant dioramas inside a giant green screen. It's just funny because at the end of the day, it's all about that green screen, baby. Yeah, that's, that's odd. But Filmed in Atlanta. I don't know anything about how these are made. So for those sweet, mean. sweet tax cuts. <laughs> that's for real why they're filmed in, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I, that's so odd. Also... Yeah, that's that's why New Orleans was a big film place, uh, because they gave out or not Torsi. I mean, nothing wrong. They they needed uh, people to come visit their state. New Orleans, they could only film Aquaman there. <laughs> uh, that, that was that was a distasteful <laughs> joke, Andy. Oh, uh, get one of those in. So, what was the name of the Valkyrie? I don't remember her name. I, oh my I, god, I'm blanking I now. I liked her as a character. Like she was cool. Like she kicked ass. My my great was though is yes, just Thompson's good. Everyone in this movie like knows everybody else in this movie. Like it's like this universe has only six people. Like when they meet the Valkyrie, she just happens to be the one that bounty hunts Thor and brings him back, and is like just happens to be like the last you know Valkyrie. Yeah, very to fight Kate Blanchett thousands of years ago or whatever that helped her get imprisoned. Very coincidental that she just runs in. Yeah. Also, it's it's a dumb superhero nitpick. It's not gonna affect my score majorly, but just, it's always funny to me, we've talked about before, power levels. Yeah. How Thor is stripped of the hammer and immediately sucked and can't beat up these tacky marauders. And then is stronger than the Hulk at some points. Which, without power level-wise, he's not stronger than, but he's almost equal to. The Hulk really is OP in, in the yeah. comics, and from what I understand, and just in general. But it's so dumb, he, he just loses the hammer, he can't kick these marauders' asses. They're nobodies. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because I guess they wanted the audience to be like, oh, he's shaking, he's got nothing else. But then but then keep that theme going because I guess what I'm talking about when he's stronger than the Hulk, when Hulk is in his uh, you know, a cryo, not cryo room, but like his sports field laser room that he can't leave. Yeah. There's like that super, you know, bulletproof, super strong glass window that, you know, Hulk's even like, oh, yeah, don't don't bother. You can't get out of here. Like when it's needed and it's convenient, like Thor just dives out. Like, he just pieces out of that window whenever he feels like it. So it was kind of like, is he stronger than the Hulk? Because Hulk's tried to do that. But the Hulk never indicates he tried. He just says you can't get out. But the Hulk likes being there, so we just assume I mean, he's yeah, treated as a god. I guess, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, there's nitpicks for the world. Again, I that's one of those things you have to chalk up to superhero movies. Uh, the plot, the plot, it's a Marvel film. Like, plot beats happen because plot beats happen. It's a, and then I just I, I you're, you're right and it isn't a real movie with real people and real emotions it's it's fully fictional to be you know a a, uh, a children's movie I guess that's kind of the most defensible thing about this it's plot it's smashing action figures together yes. exactly but then, less so than other Marvel films this film we, and we can it, talk about it in a little bit just because it has actual themes to it and that, that's I guess really the best you can ask for it is actual quality writing. Interesting set pieces, or you know, yeah, uh, just sets in general, like the design. What, what we're looking at isn't aesthetically gross and great, mm -hmm. and j solid combat because some of them is not as good as others. And then just like, can we get an interesting theme? In yeah, yeah, the, and you're right. Yeah, the fighting was was good in this one when they actually had like you know the final standoffs and things like that. Um, just a couple things like. Why did it take seeing Scarlett Johansson like in that little hollow? That's you. That's a you'd have to watch the other films. Oh, does Hulk love Black Widow or something? Yes. Oh, <laughs> long okay. story short, yes. Oh, okay. That made that at least answers that because I'm thinking Hulk 
straight up said, like, your name is David Banner. I am the Hulk. We are friends. Stop fighting me. And the Hulk would not come out of his trance. Well, and then all he does is he just sees, like, a still image of Scarlett Johansson. And he's if, like, I'm not the Hulk anymore. If you notice, when he almost gets the Hulk down from, from being the Hulk, he, he's saying, he's imitating what Black Widow says, which is like, the sun's coming down, big guy, blah, blah, blah. And oh, Hulk, the Thor was... is imitating that. Oh, okay. Like, as he, he does his... Doing weird sassy. No, no, that's tongue in cheek with all this. And, that's oh, how Black Widow starts the whole uh, thing. Okay, that, that does answer. Yeah, that she point. calms him. Um, yeah, so there's like there's certain plot holes that are filled with that, and then there are other plot holes that are just it's common. Yeah, that's very true. Like when he like Hemsworth has to like put on that rough like canvas shawl to like blend into a crowd. Like honestly, I, I think call bullshit. Like he's like six four. Honestly, I think Waititi just thought that would be a funny joke because you probably could have put him in. Like and there's other clothes yeah. there. They, they easily could have just solved the costume problem. I think it was all for that joke where he goes, "Not when I do this," okay. <laughs> or "Not when I do." This. Yeah, and he and he just covers it over okay, his okay. face. I thought uh, it, it, that well, would be my guess. Serious, like in, like when Indiana Jones like Raiders style, like no, <laughs> shawl up and escape. I think Waititi's always angling for a joke in general, uh, but this film does have some like mature quote unquote themes and just real themes. Similar to America, Asgard was built on lies in the sense that history, they have repainted history with a very, and not just America, uh, Europe in general, has a very strong history of imperialism, colonization, and then really taking broad tropes and painting over that in the nicest possible way. And Hela is just basically the idea that you can't hide that, and there are always going to be people... Even when you decide you want to change, there are always going to be people that want to return to their quote-unquote former glory. Which to her was just slaying people with Odin. And, and just, going yeah, like dominating, like doing what they did. Uh, you can't just pretend like you didn't do that. And the way, I mean, ultimately there's no way to undo what you did. But I think Thor and the message at the end for a comic book movie isn't too condescending or heavy-handed. It's the idea of, yeah, we can't change that, but like we can make sure we never do that again. And we can also not be obsessed with our things, our physical things, and the gold city. It, and of course, in Infinity War, this all gets thrown away because he literally, in this movie, they go on at the end to say, Asgard is a people, not a place. Mm -hmm. Real touching message. Like, honestly, I'm not being facetious here. I genuinely think that is a good, warm-hearted message. And then Infinity War starts... With Thanos absolutely wrecking that ship that they're all on and killing half the people there. Oh, okay. So the Asgard's the Asgardians are even less. Oh, wow. So like it undo undoes some of the goodwill, and I mean that's not YTD. like YTD can only control the movie he's directing. So I still think that holds weight, but it's just funny how we're just kind of sad how it like, just immediately throwing that away. You're, you're a people, not a place, but you're half the people now. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, so those are the themes, and they don't whack you over the head in the sense that every single scene is belabored. It's still a lot of comic book fights. The uh, one thing I did want to talk about is the trailer for this film. Really, it's crazy how, I don't even know if it's balls or just like foolish. Three of, like, two or three of the best, to me, one-liners and jokes and, like, cool moments were ruined in the trailer. That's always the case, though, I feel. But, okay, so the he's a friend from work in the Hulk reveal was in the trailer. 
giant dramatic moment. Oh, wow. That's a huge laugh, especially if we don't know that's coming. If, like, we see Thor in the trailer, that's, or if we, if we see Hulk in the trailer, that's fine. But don't show that gladiator scene, in my opinion. Also, they have that scene where she goes, what were you the god of again? And he just comes fucking down on the, on the, uh, I forget the name of the bridge, the rainbow bridge. It's sweet. The Bifrost. Oh, okay. Uh, and he just comes slamming down. Because I do want to talk about Despite power levels, speaking of Dragon Ball Z, uh, to me, Thor basically goes Super Saiyan when he calls in the thunder. And they save it for two good shots, and they blow their wad on those. But honestly, the, in a, they're manipulating us. The music swells. We see his eyes turn blue. The, it gets the hands. He's in a moment of desperation in both of them, especially the second one. I know what they're doing. I don't care. I get chills every time, damn it. It is just, it's like being an eight-year-old. And watch, like, for me, and watching Dragon Ball Z all over again and go, what? You can't do that? And it's just, of course you can do that. They made up the story, but it's cool the way it happens. Chris Hemsworth looks badass. He just comes down on that bridge, and you're just, it's again, it's manipulation, but making a bad guy that has a bigger power level, pushing them to that edge. But then also, it's funny to acknowledge that Thor just can't, because he is just limited, he can't go another level of Super Saiyan. And I really like the undercut joke of, uh, I know I can't beat you, but he can. And then oh, yeah. that's a meme, like on the internet. That's oh. like a whole thing. Uh, but I, I like that part too. I think it's a great ending. Also, really badass title card. When he Thor is escaping the demon, uh-huh. well, he kills the, the demon. I forget that guy's name. Yeah, he has like a cold open type thing, kind of. Well, not the cold open. Uh, so yeah, it's he, it's Thor swinging and he's chained up and everything. Uh-huh. And then he fights that demon. Then there's a bunch of other demons. He's waiting to uh, have the Bifrost come that's, in. That's when it's one of the two times that uh, the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin plays. Yeah. It feels a little unearned the first time. Sure. It's early, but it's cool. And that second one after she goes, what are it's you the god of? Again? Hot takes. I do not care for that song. Like, I love Led Zeppelin. It's And I'm a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan. So you may think that I actually like anything Viking related, but that song is just like, so glued to anything Viking like related that it's always the go-to song played. I'm just so, so burned out. What I would say is definitely overplayed. Yeah, good song though. Yeah, it's yeah. honestly awesome. But I, I mean, how many times do we need to see Bohemian Rhapsody put over I another? That's also another one. Yeah, this. I, I mean, hot take. I just don't think it's as amazing as everyone says. Not bad. Just come on. And then also the fact that we've seen it. In a million trailers. Yeah. It made the Suicide Squad trailer look cool. That's, But it's also a little overplayed. Um, so I, I get that with the Immigrant Song. Especially when people think it's cool and put it in an unearned moment. I would say the beginning of this kind of constitutes that. But I think the ending, it is earned. It, it was a little cooler in the ending, yeah. That's fair. But no, when you get the techno music, when it's like... And then he's flying away and it's that close chase. And then it cuts off. Uh, you know, the blunt, giant beam of light, and then we just have it imprinted in the ground, Thor Ragnarok. I thought that was just... Oh, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. really intense. I really liked the music in that moment. I think there's a couple moments where we get really cool electronic tours. I'm just a fan of those. Synthy, I mean, we talked at length in It Follows in Good Time about just how much... I, I enjoy that, and you seem to enjoy it, too. Yeah. So just a good synth in that yeah, keyboard. Almost really yeah. Yeah. And, and then it... It's really intense, too, because it's... I mean, you know he's going to get away, but still, like, the fact that he, the dragon's that close to getting him, then you just have the blind love light, and then you just cut to that title card that's, like, been singed into the ground. I think it's a cool title card. 
yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the fights were very cool. Um, the, the, the opening, probably, that one from the opening fight may have even been my favorite, though, where he's, like, where he is chained up, and he's, because that's where he had his hammer most, and he's kind of doing his stuff, and you've got, like, the hammer cam, like, going around in a circle, you know, like, they a hit. 360, just, like, taking people out. That was, it reminded me, like, I don't think you ever played Diablo 2, but it was, like, one of my favorite games, like, where I really nerded out, and yeah. like, a paladin, and you could, like, throw hammers into the air, and, and like, that's all I put my points into, and you could eventually <laughs> just, it was called a hammered in, and you just had, like, a sea of, like, hammers flying around you. I was the hammer. That sounds cool. But it's not more effective with it. Not quite a hot take, but I thought the, the hammer cam was a little Oh, really? Yeah, that was cool. Uh, it, don't get me wrong. There's cheesy parts that I found absolutely irresistible. So I get it if people are like, that's cool. I'm not hating on it. Just for me, it was. I think it's almost too early in the film to do that, too. You know, it's. But if they're continuing the, the good time, fun feel from this yeah. movie, I, that's because I, I thought everything about this one was very in the middle of something, even the other. The yeah. Though, so I was kind of like, all right, here we go. We're in it. If it helps, where it starts doesn't explain much from where we last saw Thor. Oh, okay. Because we're coming, even though. Thor 2 has happened before this. Technically, Avengers 2 was the more recent film, and that's where Thor left from Avengers 2 to, and he's had the vision of Ragnarok, and then he left to to go back to uh, oh, okay. to Asgard. So that was actually, gotcha. but you like, we're also kind of a little bit of what's going on, how was he gotten here, which is why he even has that little monologue. That makes sense. If you had to rank, so, side note here, but like, we'll do this as a fun bit. If you had to rank Korg's best lines, he is a lot. We won't belabor every single line, but what was the funniest to you? It's been a couple. It's been probably over a week now since I've seen this one, so they're not all fresh in my mind. But I, I did laugh very hard about the uh, the <laughs> three vampires next to each other. Yes, that's a good one. That was good. Yeah. Piss off, ghost. What, what did, when did he say that? That's when Loki shows up and it's just the hologram, <laughs> and so he <laughs> like, throws the rock and then. Korg, being the great friend he is, just comes up as his back off and walks in and he runs up and kicks the wall and he goes, piss off, ghost. Oh, no, no, I take it back. My favorite part, it wasn't even, I don't know if necessarily a Korg line, but when he's, like, carrying that, like, dead bug. At the oh, end, yeah. He's just like, oh, shit, he's not dead at all. Like, hey, buddy. All right, yeah, right out. That was, yeah. was great. Neeb, I think, or I forget his name, but yeah, he's like, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, he was great. I also love just how, like, the revolution started, or how he start, tried to start the revolution but didn't print enough pamphlets. And the, the line, like, Sometimes just great jokes to me are just this tiniest little extra ad lib. And when he says, that didn't go over well, I think he, I'm paraphrasing here, he's like, that didn't go over well with my mom or boyfriend, who I hate. <laughs> like, that, that is so, per that makes the joke infinitely funnier to me, because now you're just imagining this, like, sentient pile of rocks <laughs> living with his parents, and he's clearly, like, at least past 18, so and whatever they're... <laughs> No, he just made friends with him. And he's like, he's got knives for hands. I love that. Every line of dialogue for him is a pretty solid joke. Yeah, he's great. And uh, when he's, even at the end, when she throws him the gun and he goes, who's asking? I mean, I know you're asking, but like, is there anyone else asking? <laughs> oh, God. Korg's the best. He's legit. I like, don't get me wrong, I love everyone in this film. I don't think there's any particularly bad performances I, so I, I don't want to say it's a bad performance, but when you called out that beginning, man, Hopkins had to have like, – he got the raw end of the deal just in – it feels really wooden, but also 
what the hell are you supposed to do he's, with that little like, bit of dialogue? He's, his character is like, his mind is melted. He's got like a thousand yard stare like and a golden eye patch. It's just like, you know, how can you convey that much emotion when you have no lines, one eye? And it's like, yeah, what when, can you do? When you're gonna die anyways and disappear into dust, you really have to play the, like, he's acting slow now. Yeah. You could just make him act normal, but be, but sit there and go, yeah, my time's up. Yeah. So I, I would say that's the only one that felt a little weird. Uh, I've established in life of Zisu, I do not care for Jeff Goldblum. Look up oh, why. Yeah, we didn't even talk about. Look that. up why he's a he's a creep if you need to. I just wrote down this is this is actually how Jeff Goldblum spends his days. <laughs> just golden <laughs> golden robes and that like blue weird like lip paint. And I may not care for him, but yeah, he's good in this role. <laughs> the orgies in the in the ship are a great laugh too. Oh yeah, that was and yeah. It's my birthday, and the fireworks go off. <laughs> Oh, that was funny, but that still that ship they, they had a whole line. I can't remember if it was Tessa Thompson or or Thor, but it's like we need a bigger ship to be able to go through this portal or something. Her small little like bounty hunter junker ship, like we'll get it's too small. They said it'll get like ripped to shreds. They then moved to a smaller ship. I don't to I don't know if it was about that. small as much as it just didn't have the capacity, like whatever. Uh, well, they used the word small. That's why they wrote it down. They said we need a bigger ship. Because I was almost thinking like, is that like a like a Jaws line? Like, you know, we're gonna need a bigger yeah, boat, okay. we're gonna need a bigger ship. And then yeah, then they get like that small little I guess it's Goldblum's orgy ship. And speaking of homage, I just wanted to mention my note because I wanted to put it on the pod is a uh, yeah, Carl Urban got to play in Doom. And if anyone else, did anyone else notice, because I, and again, seen it, but I would like to, just like, if other people notice this, does anyone know if Taika Waititi did this on purpose, when Scourge finally decides to change course for his character and jump out and protect Asgardians from the demons coming up, there is a still shot that looks almost identical to uh, the cover of Doom with the demons, the original Doom with demon, or the Doom Slayer, sitting there with the, the gold guns and everything, and it's in a hellish-looking landscape as is. I, like, I thought that was intentional. I'd be curious if other people that seems that like, Yeah, too many things had to line up for that to be similar. Like, I, that, that, that seems very intentional. Also, this is a pro Carl Urban podcast. Very much so, yeah. We talked about that. We need to, oh, maybe we'll do Dread for my birthday. Oh, okay. That is so good. But I also wrote down, I can't remember exactly why I wrote this, but I wrote down Urban Sacrifice wasn't necessary. Dot, dot, dot. Super not necessary. Okay, so you, maybe you can refresh me. Why did he do that then? Just because it looked cool? They wanted the Doom, Probably. Doom cover. Probably. Uh, yeah, he. I guess he thought he couldn't fight off everyone that was coming up by like staying on it. Also, man, Carl Urban's a good-looking dude, and he looks so ugly in this film. He, Bravo that you managed to turn him into such a just yeah ugly-looking 45-year-old man who that listens to Michael Back. <laughs> <laughs> three Bud Lights in before they take <laughs> that goatee. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, he seems like he's uh, yeah, like a method actor. I mean, like he's an incredible actor. I love Carl Urban, so maybe I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, yeah, we need you to, to you know, some weight or something. I don't know. I would stop based off Dread. He'd be a good Batman. I can see that. Yeah, yeah just from that the the mouth down. Just just he's got a great jawline. That's that's half the, he got that's half the damn part for Batman. Yeah. You know, Don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to Pattinson. We've established that. So but... It's lining up for me now, because his other big movie was Lord of the Rings. He's in a helmet for most of that movie. Only his <laughs> chin is exposed. <laughs> Maybe Just that sweet cut, it's, it's cut only... glass jawline. <laughs> that and uh, Chris Hemsworth's pecs can just cut anything. I thought that's why they had to uh, like 
ugly up Carl Urban like Hemsworth couldn't take it. Your, your chin is too much, Carl. <laughs> You've got to put a goatee on that. Yeah, I was about to say they even ruined the chin by they, putting they a goatee. And a goatee just, yeah. I mean, you know, I people can feel however they want about tattoos, but those two blue tattoos are just so unnecessarily ugly. And the, there's definitely a lot of makeup on his eyebrows because they just look a lot of eyeliner, ex, yeah. extra. Well, eyeliner in his eyebrows looks like they're filled in because they're just so dark. And yeah, it's he's almost really menacing. Weird. Those eyebrows are staring at you. And then he's got that shake weight. I did like his pronounce uh, pronunciation of Texas when he says that's where he got the what is he what is it called? He gets the A four AK forty seven and he says Texas uh, or something. Texas, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> I think that's how we got to the spare spare notes part of this story. I think. I do want to say I like Kate Blanchett a lot. She's yeah, hamming. We didn't talk. She's too. hamming it up. The costume looks cool. Uh, for my two cents, I think she looks way more badass without the helmet piece. It's yeah. clearly CGI. I think she just looked like a goth badass uh, that was like the goddess of war when she's just got her sweet hair, sweet makeup. Yeah. She also looks like she could be the front man. Like she could replace Gerard Way for My Chemical Romance. <laughs> but that's not a dig. I love MCR. <laughs> I was going to say the girl from Fly. <laughs> While you listen to the show, we're hot off the yeah. top, hot off the press topical references like that. So with that being said, I mean, I think I'm ready to score this. You ready? Yeah. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, to me, I, I stuck on my score. I feel pretty good about it. It's a nine for me. Ooh, nice. I thought you were actually going to go higher. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's not perfect. It's definitely, there's some lumps that you can give it. Um, there's maybe one ten in the MCU. We'll talk about that. Okay. okay. Uh, so with this one, um, I brought up Logan a few times. Logan's kind of be kind of my bar that I go by. And I think I had that one as an eight and a half. Um, go back and listen to that one uh, for a lot of reasons. I said things were good, but I also had some, some you know. Uh, yeah, some qualms with it. About the bad guy. Uh, this one, I liked the bad guy a lot more. You know, Hell is, yeah. There wasn't anything worrisome about, oh, can the bad guy do damage? Like, oh, very clearly the bad guy can do damage yeah. in this movie. Um, just with the, the CGI things, uh, uh Little things here and there where I don't need to re repeat it. It was a 7 8 for me. So okay. pretty good. That's so not bad. Good. I thought you were going to go an 8. I'm curious. Is there a reason you denied it? What was that point to? Um, I remember I hit it uh, just a little bit for dialogue. Um, I, I think a full point for like the CGI out of like a possible like one and a half is I think what I like uh, quantified like a possible CGI because it was not very good in this one. For no, me. no. I, but actually, what was funny? I didn't, didn't watch Slow West. I didn't notice the first time I watched Slow West. There's a lot of bad green screen in Slow West. Oh, of okay. All of these. Yeah, there's a lot of like gunfights in the middle of a hay field where it's like, oh, that person is not in the hay. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> a nine and a seven point eight <laughs> averages out to an eight point four. That's not bad. Not bad. All right, so that's locked in the vault. That bad boy. We've got thirty of those. We've got a video game podcast. Go check out our video game episode. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. Uh, if you're new here, popular. Go watch Logan if you like superhero stuff. Uh, popular episodes are it follows number one, followed by Good Time. Those were filmed back to back. Those are great episodes. Really. A lot of them are good. I'm not going to lie. There are a couple of less than stellar episodes. But uh, thank you for st sticking with us and growing with us. Hopefully our audience keeps getting bigger and bigger. I think that's all from me. Thank you guys so much again. Uh, we appreciate every listen. Please tell everyone you know or everyone that likes podcasts. Don't be that annoying person. But thank you so much. Have a great night, day, whatever. Thanks, guys.